Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The readings for this weekend speak to us about the priority of our values. So immediately begs the question, what do we value the most? What do we truly value the most in life? Is it good health, fortune, power, fame, whatever it may be? Now go to that first reading from Wisdom. Here God appears to Solomon in a dream. And he asks Solomon this, Ask something of me, and I will give it to you. Now, it's almost like God is acting like a genie in a bottle. He's granting Solomon any wish whatsoever. Now, that's an extraordinary moment. Can you imagine God coming to you and asking you the same thing? You know, What do you want me to give you? Well, think about that. What really would it be? Would it be money, power? Would it be prestige, a long life? Well, one could argue your answer will tell you a great deal about yourself. Now, this isn't unique for God to do this with people. We see this in sacred scripture, but we also see it in our church tradition. Let me give you a few examples. Go to the Old Testament. When Elisha becomes the next prophet, For the country of Israel. Elijah is preparing to ascend into heaven. Now, Elijah essentially is still the spokesperson for God in this world. And he says to Elisha, Ask God anything, and he will give it to you. Well, Elisha asks for twice the portion of Elijah's spirit because he wants to be a great prophet himself. And he receives it from God. Fast forward to the New Testament, the story of blind Bartimaeus. Jesus comes to him and he says, What do you want me to do for you? Or look at our tradition. There's a great story of Thomas Aquinas. Thomas spent months and months writing a treatise on the Eucharist. And when he finished, he didn't know if he wrote well enough. So what he did is he took the treatise and he went into his chapel and he placed the treatise at the foot of the crucifix as if to get Jesus' approval. Now, as Thomas was leaving the chapel, Jesus spoke to him and he said, You have written well, Thomas. What do you want for your reward? Immediately, Thomas said, Nil nisi te, which is Latin for nothing but you. And so, God has this ability from time to time to ask this poignant question of people, whether it's in tradition or in the Bible. But again, how we answer that question will tell us a lot about who we are. Now, go back into that first reading from Wisdom. 
How does Solomon answer that question? He says, Give your servant an understanding heart and wisdom. Well, God is so pleased with his answer. He makes Solomon the wisest person that ever lived in this world. Why is that? Because God is always pleased when we enter into a deeper life of faith with God. Because in doing so, we flourish and we grow, which is exactly what God wants from everyone. In asking for wisdom, Solomon was essentially ordering his life according to God. Solomon would use this great gift not for his own benefit. No, instead, he would use it to be a good and faithful servant of God and a good and faithful servant to the people of Israel as their king. He didn't ask for things like a long life, riches, fame. If he had asked for those things, they would signify that he's thinking only of himself. But rather, he's thinking of only serving God and growing in his faith. Now, with that in mind, turn to the gospel. Jesus is now concluding his teaching with parables in Matthew's gospel, chapter 13. Now, for the past few weeks, We've been listening to chapter 13, as Jesus has taught us in parables. Last week was the parable of the wheat and the weeds, and Jesus taught us about good and evil in this world. This week, it's the parable of the kingdom of God. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again and out of joy, goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and he sells all that he has, and he buys it. And so, the kingdom of God is the most valuable possession in this world, such that a wise, a wise person, not a fool, does everything that they can do. To obtain it. Now, why is that? Well, first, we have to properly understand what that term, kingdom of God, means. I think we hear about that all the time, but I don't think we really understand it. Essentially, it means it's not necessarily a specific place, but it's a way of ordering our life to God, just like Solomon did in the first reading from Wisdom. Essentially, it's being the person that God created you to be, other than the person that maybe our society, our our culture, tells us who we should be, how we should live our life, what we should value, how we should think and speak. St. Irenaeus once said, God is glorified when the human being is fully alive. Well, when are we fully alive? When we're being the person that God created us to be. See, that's the kingdom of God that Jesus is referring to. See, then we restore right relationship with God, just like God had with us before the fall of grace with Adam and Eve. And part of that right relationship, the manifestation is right worship. The sacred meal of the Eucharist is a great symbol of a right relationship with God. See, we have to realize God created us in all of creation, this entire universe, in a very meticulous way. He didn't just do it by accident. 
He was very intentional, and he did it in a very loving way, so that all of creation glorifies God. I'll give you a very simple example of this. You look out the window, and you see a flower. Well, that flower glorifies God by being just what it is created for, being a flower. The flower doesn't try to be a tree, and it doesn't try to be a fish. It simply is a flower, as God created it to be. And in doing so, it now reflects back God's glory. Well, likewise with us, when we live out our life in the image and likeness that God created us to be, we give glory to God. That's because when God looks at us, he sees his image reflecting back to him. See, now we begin to understand why the kingdom demands such a high price. Now notice too in these parables for today, the people, once they find the kingdom of God, they immediately sell everything that they have to obtain it. Which means what? They hold nothing back. They've completely committed their life to Christ. And see, this is what Jesus is telling us. The price of the kingdom of God is our very life. We must give ourselves completely over to God. The kingdom of God really demands the greatest treasure that we possess. And it's not our cars, and it's not our house, and it's not our portfolio. No. Instead, the greatest treasure that we possess, our very life itself. And see, when we commit our life to God, then we have found the kingdom of God. What's the potential temptation or even problem? When for some people, they know the kingdom of God. They know the person that they should live to be in the image of God. They know what it looks like, an active prayer life, the sacraments, right relationship with God, right worship. They know all those things, but they're not willing to pay the ultimate price, to completely commit themselves to God. Instead, what are they looking for? I would say a sale, a discount in their relationship with God, such that they give God maybe a little bit of their time, a little bit of their attention, when it's convenient and it fits into their schedule. See, by doing this, they're saying to Jesus, there's something far more valuable out in the world, more valuable than the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus, he clearly addresses this in today's gospel. He's telling us that can't be for us. The kingdom of God is about ordering our life to God, to whom we were created by, and to the image in whom we were created in, which is God. See, that's why the kingdom of God calls for such a high price, our very lives, committed to Christ. There should be nothing more valuable in this world than living in a right relationship with Christ. See, in doing so, now we have obtained the kingdom of God. And in doing so, we will always give glory back to God. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.